Hello and welcome. This is a podcast explaining Ukraine by ukraineworld.org. We continue our podcasts about the war which Russia started against Ukraine. The series is brought to you by Internews Ukraine and Ukraine Crisis Media Center, two Ukrainian media NGOs. My name is Volodymyr Yermolenko. I am editor-in-chief of ukraineworld.org and analytics director at Internews Ukraine. We are making this podcast with Titana Harkova, who is in charge of international outreach at Ukraine Crisis Media Center. Hello, Tanya. Hello. Before we start, let me remind you that you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash ukraineworld. So today is 11th day of the war and uh, unfortunately the situation is getting worse, deteriorating and we see every day the signs of uh, inhumane cruelty of Russian army. Yeah, that's that's right. Uh, during these hours, we just received information about that airport in Vinnytsia was bombarded, uh, eight missiles. Um, and at Vinnytsia, Vinnytsia is the central Ukraine already, so it's, it's quite far from the border. It's also quite far from Kiev. It's on the, the direction to the western parts of um, of the country. Uh, so we see that Russia doesn't stop with uh, this its aggression against peaceful Ukrainian cities, and it's going on. You can see videos of this explosion in Vinnytsia on our Twitter, uh, Ukraine World. Follow us on Twitter. We have a big audience on Twitter, so you, and and we post so many videos and photos of the events of the atrocities of Russian army. One of the things that we just can't. You know, it's it's very emotional uh, to talk about this. Russians are blocking the humanitarian corridors from Mariupol, from Volnovakha and from Irpin. And not only blocking, they agree on humanitarian corridors with Ukrainians and then they shell the civilians. And we so have and we have victims. So Irpin, let us remind, it is very close to Kiev. It's a kind of suburb, kind of suburb to Kiev. And we received information about civilians and children also killed in this uh, close to this area. Um, uh, in Mariupol, it was already a second attempt to evacuate the city, a city of uh, 400,000 people. Uh, it is surrounded from uh, from the west and from the east, and uh, it is human, humanitarian catastrophe. And this is already a second part of second attempt to evacuate. And Russians once again started shelling today, so people are still there, uh, blocked in the city. And uh, I would say, let, let us give a name to what, what's happening. I would say this is uh, like a terroristic attack. It's like uh, taking hostages, I, I mean, civilians as hostages. And uh, now um, it's terrible to, to tell that, but uh, we see a lot of proofs of what Russians were saying before the war. They were saying, but we never took it too seriously, they were saying that they would act, they would uh, make a war like in Syria. And what we see now in Ukraine, unfortunately, it is it looks really like Syria because they are bombarding not only and not at all military infrastructure, but mostly civilians. Um, we we are talking about uh, about that for many days already, but now it is um, clear. We know that negotiations are to start tomorrow, on the seventh of March, between Ukrainian and Russian uh, delegations. At least such um, such negotiation was announced. So let's see how how it's going. In the meanwhile, President Zelensky and other Ukrainian officials, like Minister of Foreign Affairs Dmitry Kuleba, they were asking for um, uh, our 
international partners to close the sky because once again uh, they, they are bombarding not not military infrastructure but civilians and it creates real human disaster exactly and this is a total uh, uh, continuous you know address by ukraine to the international community and we see lots of comments on twitter you know that don't waste your time on this that uh, uh, the world will never you know put down the russian missiles uh, nato will never put down uh, russian airplanes but look everything has its limits everything has its borders of course we understand that well this is very dangerous to uh, to go in confrontation with russia and the world is afraid of nuclear war but ukrainians are not afraid of confrontation with russia and why we think always that you know as soon as russian missiles are downed that uh, putin will uh, will do the nuclear strike nuclear strike is not something that only putin can do there is a a number of people involved and uh, uh, we still hope that there are some reason among some some of these people and uh, You know, you can endlessly see how Russians are bombarding civilians, but at, at a certain moment, uh, the world just has it's to say that enough is enough. And what Zelensky has said today, that if you don't want to the West, address him to the West. He, he was, again, very emotional, saying that, look, uh, you're just looking. Uh, if you don't do that, if you don't help us with closing the sky, that will mean that you are okay with watching us slowly dying. And what Zelensky also said that at least uh, the West should pro pro uh, give Ukraine uh, fighter jets. And uh, we see all the news that, you know, uh, it's difficult maybe in logistics and Russians are, of course, following it, how you, you, know, you transport these fighter jets. Uh, you're transporting it from, you know, airdromes in, in EU or NATO member states. But there should should be a solution. You can you can no longer just say that, oh no, you know we are so much afraid of of the war with Russia, mm -hmm. because yesterday Gary Kasparov, the chess world champion, I remember him saying on Ukrainian TV that the World War Three has already begun. So maybe maybe it's it's already time to yeah. And the earlier we start, in the earlier we start, the earlier we stop this this bloody war. Imagine this not happening somewhere far away. It's happening just 500 kilometers from European borders. So this is not a war somewhere, um, somewhere long way. So when we are traveling in the country, we see that if you move some hundred kilometers to the west, uh, it is still the same story. You still have uh, um, you still have bombards, bombard, bombs, bombing uh, and bomb, shelling. Bombing yes. and shelling. You still have all this uh, all this war. In fact, so this is quite difficult to go for, to hide hide somewhere in Ukraine. And uh, we see that they are progressing with their bombings quite quickly. And uh, there is no guarantee that they will not reach uh, I don't know Baltic states or Poland or whatever quite soon. You should never, uh, never trust what they say. Really, um, in a way, uh, another argument uh, which is discussed. So, in a way, West is already in this war. It is proceeding by economic, uh, economic sanctions, economic um, measures. But uh, anyway, all this is also perceived in Russia like a hostility. You know, like uh, like a war against Russia. We see that Russia is becoming very much is much more isolated. So just in 10 days, in 11 days, look, 11 days ago, we we, we Ukraine and Russia were 
so to say, normal countries in a way. So there was a f- kind of kind of kind of normal life. Today uh, in Russia, we know that international journalists are leaving country because there is a new law about the imprisonment, um, 10 to 15, f- 15 years of imprisonment for lies, what they call lies about Russian army. But we, we do understand that they consider lies everything which is told about their army. At the same time, we see that they are closing Facebook, they are closing Twitter, YouTube, and all other means of communication. So it's a kind of closed country. And uh, Russians will be watching TV, Russian TV, full of propaganda, and it's in extreme isolation. Mm, should add their uh, economic problems with many banks, with uh, Visa cards. Yesterday we received information about Visa and um, MasterCard. MasterCards, uh, which are blocked for transactions between Russia and and abroad, and from abroad to Russia. Though so this is a very serious thing. And... Uh, Quite soon we will be in a situation where we'll be we'll have no information about what's almost no information apart from propaganda what is going on in Russia because uh, without foreign press without foreign journalists without uh, Twitter uh, Facebook etc we will not be able to know what's going on inside the country uh, we know that there are uh, manifestations today and a thousand people are already detained arrested. Um, um, manifestations in Russia against the war against in the war. quite a big number of cities let, let's let's say it so there are honest Russians who understand that this is extremely difficult to go on on these manifestations but uh, unfortunately they end very quickly uh, by you know just arresting by uh, Russian police so it's not like you know massive uh, manifestation that is, is able to defend itself unfortunately but uh, of course we really appreciate these efforts and and russian society should should wake up unfortunately what we see is that the support for this war is even increasing in russia you know over over 70% according to vtsiom which is of course the uh, public opinion agency dependent on uh, on the kremlin mm-hmm. uh, but still I'm not because sure they receive their propaganda because they have don't they don't have an uh, opposite point of view and they don't have access easy access to to information and uh, many of them they just don't understand what's happening they're thinking about a kind of military operation against we don't know whom exactly Nazis so I, I, we don't know exactly but what we see what happens in reality it's a real terror organized by Russia um, there is um, uh, terroristic attacks against civilians and uh, against fragile people who cannot defend themselves because they are not army against kids um, almost 40 36 kids already already died in this during these uh, 11 days and this number is is huge yeah, you cannot imagine kids and we do, still don't have numbers from Irpin and uh, because um, Irpin, Hostomel, and Bucha, these are two nord- uh, three northern suburbs of Kiev where there is a real genocide right now, where civilians are not let go through humanitarian corridors, through green corridors, they are being shelled. And uh, there are reports that Russian's army, maybe the Chechens from Kadyrov groups, uh, are group are just holding across the uh, the buildings and uh, terrorize, uh, torture the uh, people there, unfortunately. So the reports are really horrible and uh, we are in the middle of, of a nightmare. So uh, we also developed this topic of Russian nuclear terrorism. Uh, another news just came came up very recently that Russians shelled 
the Kharkiv Institute, where nuclear facility neutron source is located with 37 nuclear fuel, fuel elements loaded into the active zone. This is a report by SBU, the Ukrainian Security uh, Service. So what's high, you know, and... Uh, uh, we, we know that Russians are unfortunately controlling the Zaporizhka nuclear power plant. They are also in the Chernobyl exclusion zone, so they are really holding all the world uh, uh, as hostages to a, to a possible nuclear explosion or nuclear devastation or nuclear pollution. So in a way, this nuclear blackmail already is already there, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it's not like you should you should be waiting for a nuclear strike. What next? What next? Uh, what, what is also important is that, um, yeah, you mentioned 36 children, but unfortunately, after this attack on the European uh, ombudsman, Ukrainian ombudsman said that 38 children were killed and 71 were wounded because of Russia's war. Uh, so the casualties include a one and a half year boy who died in a shelling in Mariupol, Donetsk Oblast, unfortunately, today today. Uh, <laughs> there are also news that the Russians are, are preparing an attack on Odessa. Odessa was more or less calm these days compared to Mariupol, to Chernihiv, to Kherson. But uh, we, can, we can really um, attempt, unfortunately, a major attack on Odessa too. And, um, but we have seen photos from Odessa which are showing that Odessa is a city which is also being prepared for the attack, building barricades. Uh, but uh, everywhere we see uh, that Russians really try to encircle cities and just to cut them from supplies and uh, and just, you know, uh, not let civilians leave the city and just produce a humanitarian catastrophe. So At the same time, let's talk about a piece of positive news. If you have any positive news in this war, it's about Kiev, received uh, by um, social networks. Um, information about that Kiev is is living, is standing, and that there are a lot of people coming back to Kiev, and that there are a lot of uh, cars, and uh, that uh, this, the life seems to be quite normal. People are busy in the city, in the capital. They're trying to do whatever they can just to help, also to help people in Erpini and Bucha. They're organizing um, help, organizing evacuation where it's possible. So, and um, it seems to be that um, at least Kyiv is not left behind, you know, by the most of population. A lot of people sti are still there. They are walking. And um, we have reports about the traffic jams in Kyiv. It means that a lot of cars came back after this first wave of evacuation because when Russia attacked Ukraine, many people flee, uh, flee Kyiv because, because of kids, because of uh, elderly people, etc., etc. But now uh, this, some of the Part of these people are, is coming back, and they are organizing networks, uh, volunteer volunteer initiatives, and all kind of assistance to territorial defense, and also to hospitals, and also to people who still are still in the city. So, um, um, so this is good news. So, this is the capital. Um, we are not military experts, and we cannot say if the uh, this group in Irpin, which is extremely. Um, cruel if this group is a kind of a 
can attack Kiev. I don't think so, personally. I think it's a kind of trap for them, and they are doing whatever they can. They're just making war just to make war because we don't see the strategic, um, strategic what how to say, objective of all that. What 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 the aim of killing civilians? They are just creating terror. To, to do that, they just to, are. to pressure, to pressure all the world, to pressure Ukrainian government to surrender. That's obvious. To impose this feeling of guilt that uh, civilians are suffering, are dying. So you should you should surrender. I think th- this is the major goal. Uh, we see also the bravery of Ukrainians in occupied cities. Uh, yesterday we reported about the huge manifestations in occupied. Well. Not occupied, maybe, but uh, Kherson seized by parts of the Russian army. But we see the majority of people against this occupation, and uh, lots of people came with blue and yellow flags, uh, unarmed people against this armed uh, Russian army. The same story was today in Novokhovka, which is also to the south. Uh, of Ukraine in Kherson Oblast and uh, there was a big manifestation of people in Novokhovka with Ukrainian flags with uh, with slogans the typical Ukrainian slogans uh, uh, calling the Russians to uh, fuck off right and um, this is also the the bravery of of, of Ukrainians uh, let's talk about Russian losses. So, 11 days of war in Russian, Russians lost 11,000 people, 11,000 soldiers. So, this is really not a very easy thing for them. Uh, Ukrainians continue to down Russian aircrafts. 44 aircrafts have been down and 48 helicopters. 285 tanks have been destroyed and... Uh, uh, almost 1,000 of uh, armored vehicles, 60 fuel tanks, 21 um, anti-aircraft warfare, um, uh, and almost 500 vehicles, uh, 109 artillery systems. So you can see that Ukrainians are resisting, but Russians are approaching. They uh, they 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 are closer and closer. In in circulating the cities, unfortunately, and creating again, again, as we repeated, the humanitarian, big humanitarian crisis on Mm. the ground. Um, But still, let's think, um, let's try to to see some positive news at at the same time. So let us repeat that uh, the initial plan of uh, Russian army was different. It was a plan to take... Uh, the whole Ukraine in just several days, and we understand that this uh, plan failed. What they are doing now, they are trying to to continue to change their plans, and it could be also seen as an act of despair. All these kind of bombings and shellings against civilians, because they can. Uh, we have received a lot of reports about the uh, about Russian army avoiding direct. Uh, contact with Ukrainian army because uh, they are unable to to win in many many directions. So um, um, let's also think about that their resources they are not illimited, and that uh, economical sanctions and pressure is also also quite uh, quite important, and um, that uh, in a way. Um, there is no way for for Russia to end this war in a glorious way, because even imagine, yeah, imagine uh, they already failed in their first scenario, but imagine they uh, they are going going on for a long war, uh, like from I don't know for a year or something like that. 
they will never be able to 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 go out of that victoriously. I mean, anyway, it will it will have a direct negative, disastrous, dramatic impact on on the way of living in Russia. They could not, they will not be able to to exist. Uh, you know, and, and I sometimes see the, the foreign media because uh, so many foreign media address us for for comments, and uh, I see the we see beautiful uh, studios somewhere somewhere in Paris or in London, and of course this is a normal life. We understand that people should live normal lives, and we have been living our normal lives just you know ten days or eleven days ago. But like people trying to speculate, okay, Russia was an authoritarian regime, now it turned to a real dictatorship. Well, come on, guys, this is not dictatorship. <laughs> this is dictatorship is uh, is a very soft, tiny word. Uh, this is an absolute uh, nightmare, disaster, totalitarian regime, maybe even worse already than the Stalinism. Uh, because it closes any, you know, during the Soviet Union, you should, you still were able to get, you know, Radio Liberty or something like that. Uh, now it's blocked. The Russian media, who were trying to report uh, freely, like like uh, Dorst or Echa Moskvi, are blocked. By the way, Novaya Gazeta, which received a no- Peace Nobel Prize, Mr. No- Mr. Muratov, who basically also hates Ukrainians, as many, many Russians. Uh, they just lifted the reports about the war. They're not no longer reporting about the war. So um, Because in their minds, the war doesn't exist, because they're not allowed to, and that because yeah, they, they're doing everything to hide this war from their citizens. And uh, uh, when we show images and videos of what's going on in Ukraine to Russians, they just don't believe their eyes, where they think that this is a kind of manipulation. It doesn't exist. Well... We do know that uh, Russia cannot struggle uh, alone, and we see what was going in with Lukashenko, with president of Belarus, 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 Belarus. This is also important. We see that after many days of hesitation, we don't see uh, explicit, at least explicit, uh, participation of Lukashenko in this war. It might be a sign. We know that Lukashenko is. Uh, trying to maybe to save his, his his life, he's still responsible for many things already. For for example, for the fact that Russian tanks entered Ukrainian territory from Belarus. But um, at the present moment, and there are some missiles arriving here from Belar- Belar- Belarus territory, but uh, at least we don't see their army operating here on Ukrainian territory. That's a good sign. In a way, we should say that, well, look, uh, Russia is alone. Right? Am I right thinking that Russia is alone in this war and you cannot uh, win a war if you're alone? What do you think? Right, right. And uh, it's it's very important how China will react, how India will react. Unfortunately, they abstained from the voting uh, during the United Nations uh, General Assembly. But uh, we will see, for example, if, if China is really an ally of Russia in this war or... It will try to distance itself from Russia because China is not really wanting to, to work with a country which is under under such a huge huge sanctions. But let's let's be positive. <coughs> um, Ukrainians are very creative. You can see lots of images on our Twitter, Ukraine World on Twitter, where we are approaching 100,000 followers. So please follow us and uh, and share our content you can see there are lots of ukrainian painters who who 
make very nice, very good looking, very interesting, talented uh, pictures about what's happening. Sometimes humoristic even pictures. Sometimes we're doing memes. You know, one of the current memes, one of the popular memes is that Ukrainian farmers are much more stronger than Russian army because we we see so so many pictures of Ukrainian um, farmers just getting abandoned Russian equipment. And uh, frankly, there is so much of Russian equipment and of Russian arms which are which were abandoned and which now is used by by Ukrainians. And one uh, another positive news is that volunteers from 52 countries are coming to Ukraine to fight against Russians and the Foreign Legion will count about 20,000 people, says Dmitro Kuleba, Ukrainian foreign minister. Also, what Ukrainian officials are telling telling us, like Mr. Reznikov, the defense minister, or Mr. Kuleba, they're, they're telling us that uh, Ukrainians are fighting very well. Well, that's what we see. Um, and that Russians are exhausting their capacity, they're exhausting their forces. Um, Mr. Danilov, who is Secretary of Ukrainian National Security Council, said that Russians are preparing the second wave of attack uh, and that Ukraine has resisted the first wave and is being prepared for the second wave. And as we said uh, previously, that it's quite probable the second wave will include lots of bombings, air airstrikes and bombarding of, of Ukrainian cities. This is it. This was Explaining Ukraine podcast. Uh, and now we have this joint initiative by Ukraine World, Internews Ukraine and Ukraine Crisis Media Center. My name is Vladimir Yermolenko. I am joined by Tetiana Harkova. Follow us in social networks and support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Ukraine World. And uh, stand with Ukraine, support Ukraine, support the oh, uh, support the Close the Sky initiative. It's so so remarkable that earlier we were talking so much about you know this initiative, Open Sky, Open Sky with the EU. Now we're talking about Close the Sky, Close the Sky for Russian missiles, Close the Sky for Russian airstrikes, Close the Sky for Russian bombings and shellings. This was um, a podcast explaining Ukraine. You can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Ukraine World, uh, a joint product by Ukraine World, Internews Ukraine and Ukraine Crisis Media Center. Stay with us. <laughs>